Hi guys, welcome back to the Earthy Delights podcast. This week we have Jim's good friend Dara Potts to talk about hair loss, something that is very dear to my heart and my head. Um, Dara was an amazing guest, to be honest. He uh, answered all my questions, which was a great thing for me personally. And I'm sure there's a lot of you listening who have similar questions. Or if you're lucky enough and uh, you've got a full head of hair, then why are you listening to this? You don't need to be wasting your hour. Um, you're already a lucky bastard. But no, he, Dara was amazing. He um he had a he had a great level of humility and and humour, which was needed, I think. Um, and I appreciated it for sure. So for anyone who has any insecurities or worries about their hair loss or know anybody who does, then please listen to this podcast because I think it will be it will help you um, clear up all of those doubts and and worries that you may have. And it might be the push you need to get that hair transplant or not be the case whichever you're more comfortable with at the end of the day that's what dara's all about but um yeah enjoy this podcast i i really did he's a great guest and uh, i thank jim for for getting him on here um really really top stuff so without further ado here is dara potts hello friends <laughs> welcome back to the earthly delights podcast this week we have a very special guest an old friend of mine dara potts how are you keeping not too bad, Jim. How are you? You know what? It's been a tough week, Dara. To be li- if I'd be lying to you if I told you if it was smooth. But um, I'm happy we're here. I'm happy we're going to have this interesting conversation. I know it's going to be helpful for, ev- for everyone involved. So I'm looking forward to it. Um, bit of, bit of I- information for the average listener here. I guess, obviously, you'll know from the title of the podcast what we're going to be discussing. But I reached out to Dara because... Dara's an old friend of mine, um, and I recently heard that he got a hair transplant. Um, and this is on my mind because I've actually had several friends that have got a hair transplant, but um, Dara's just so damn charismatic that I had to ask him on. <laughs> but um, but Seb and myself were also talking, and Seb recently um, told me that he was thinking about getting a hair transplant. And then I just thought, Jesus, this is something that I don't really hear men talking about and it's clearly on the consciousness, like it's clearly in people's heads. And I, I want to say this just before I forget and then we can get chatting. I, I have a friend who's a, a salon owner and he says, I think his quote was, every bloke over 18 has a hairline insecurity. Yeah. Um, like as in everybody over 18 that's gone to his hair will probably just go, ah, oh, what, what do you think there do you, do you think I'm okay or do, do you think I should do this do you think I should do that yeah. um, and I guess like part of the the aim of this podcast is to hear about your experience there and but also to to wonder like what influence uh, social media is having on, on our insecurities on and like are we all are we always going to try to quote unquote fix things that are, are like fix our flaws or fix fix our imperfections rather than trying to like reach a place where we can accept them and, and move on but um i guess seb uh, yeah, yeah. Do, you, do you want to get going Ta- yeah i mean yeah. The, the, like the first question that obviously we spoke about this just before recording but i, like I was saying to you that i probably where i can remember my own insecurities coming into place was around like 17 there or thereabouts like just kind of like the last year of school maybe first year of uni is where i started to notice my own and like get those insecurities that um your that jim's barber was talking about and then from 18 onwards i've been using regain which i was kind of um ashamed to say like i wouldn't tell people unless i was kind of forced into a situation uh, now i'm more than happy to tell people that i use regain and i use finasteride um but so that's been like seven years now yeah seven years that i've been using those two products well seven years regain and the last year of finasteride and it just got to the point where i was thinking man if i like just even saved all of that money that i'd use on those products for those seven years it would have probably have paid for the um, hair transplant itself anyway um and i was wondering when when was like the first time that like you noticed or became aware uh of like your hairline and then it started to become like an insecurity for you um so i definitely say my early 20s so about 22 23 i started noticing it i and my biggest problem wasn't my hairline which i didn't kind of realize until the day i went to get my hair transplant but i'll talk about that after 
it was actually the back. So the penno spot or the, the copper dollar or whatever it's called. Um, that was where I was tinning worst. And it was something I noticed myself. And then it wasn't probably for another year or two that other people started noticing it. So I had the insecurity myself mm. first. And I didn't talk about it. It didn't bother me so much because I couldn't see it. See, it's very that's what's very different to like your hairline. Seb, you said you've yeah. been seeing it since you were 17. I could have been losing my hair for a year before yeah. that and I didn't notice it. You know, and I'm quite fair. Yeah, my hair's yeah, quite yeah. fair. So it's not like it's thick and it's dark and it covers it. It was visible from the second I started noticing it and the second I started noticing it, it was always there. And it was, it was like it was always in the room with me, you know. And that's something as well that like mm-hmm. it's very much a part of your identity then. Especially in like yeah. especially with like friends and like close safe circles because it's an easy target and it's a bit of fun. And I don't like I wouldn't change that either. That's something as well I do wanna mention about like being in groups of friends and socializing and meet new people and it's something that I think a lot of people do is they they point it out first, it's the joke. You know, it's the insecure mm-hmm. joke, it's like if it's whatever the insecurity is if you've something you can change if it's like if it's it's an appearance thing like that p- people do turn around and make that joke if it's glasses if it's hairlines what is you know what I mean it's a joke but I've I kind of struggled with hair loss which was how I put it I struggled with hair loss for maybe three three or four years and now I've dealt with hair loss for a year I'd say that's the kind of two sides of it. You struggle with it and then you deal with it. And once you deal with it, it's a very different experience. You know, yeah. you kind of take the power back as something like that. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's something you can't control for so, so long. Yeah. And then when you realize that you can't control, can't control it with something like a hair transplant or shaving your head or actually just being able to deal with it or accept it and it doesn't bother you. Like I know a lot of people who've balded very gracefully and like say, I balded gracefully four days a week and then I struggled with balding three days a week. You know, it was very topsy-turvy for a long, long time. Um, but yeah, so early 20s started struggling with it, struggled with it all the way up until the day I got my hair transplant, I guess. Yeah. Did you, when you like first found out and I like noticed it yourself, obviously I'm not saying like that specific day, but kind of at the early hmm. onset of when you noticed it and became aware did you kind of always have it in your mind like, oh, this is something I'm going to quote unquote get fixed? Or did that, like, did the decision to take a, to get the hair transplant, did that take some getting, like, getting used to in your own mind to be like, okay, I'm actually going to like save money and actually like go through this whole process and actually do it? Or did you kind of start out thinking, oh, like it's fine. Like you said, people, there's a lot of people who kind of bold gracefully um uh i'll just be one of those guys uh there's no there's no beef um and then as that kind of happened and then as that became reality you actually like yeah i'm i'm not with the bowl game i actually i want to keep these locks so then started to look at measures yeah so like it wasn't it's not an easy decision it's not an easy like I don't, I don't mind talking about the money side of it either. I think that's really important yeah. part of the conversation mm. because it's a big investment. Mm. Like I paid f- for the procedure itself, I paid five thousand euro on the book. Okay. Either side of that five thousand euro, I've spent hundreds more, maybe thousands more. Yeah, and that's something that, as you said, you've been using Regain for seven years. Yeah, I know Regain's not cheap. I use it now, and I only use it post transplant. So like you've five grand for the procedure and as you said if you save that money up do you just pay for the transplant i got lucky because i did it in the middle of a global pandemic nine months after i was supposed to move away and had done all my savings you know so like i just nipped into my move abroad savings had a bit of self-love in the middle of a global Mm -hmm. crisis and I thought this is the best time to do it Mm -hmm. yeah because i can recover in peace no one will see it yeah and i thought when i got it done I remember like telling my friends when I was getting it done, I was like, do I tell them? Do I not tell them? Because you do, you kind of have that insecurity, the shame, the, mm. are people going to laugh at me? Yeah. 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 You know? Um, but I remember when I told them I got it done, that was a nice day as well. Mm. Then you make the decision, you go and do it, you spend all the money. And I think your question was, 
when I got when I noticed the first, was it something I was thinking about getting fixed? Mm. No, I thought I'd get longer out of my losing my hair. Okay. You know, like yeah. I think the first couple of times I noticed it was maybe photographs where I'm in the background, and you're like, "Am I tinning, or is that bad lighting?" Mm. And then maybe CCTV. Do you know the shops you walk in, you have CCTV above you, and you yeah, can see yeah, yourself. Yeah, yeah. I'd be like, Ugh. and I was like, "Is that my head, or is that like bad lighting?" And you'd move, you'd probably stop. You might look like a mm. lunatic because you're standing in this entrance <laughs> to the store, throwing your head around, looking at a screen. Yeah, you know. Um, <laughs> And that's it. Like so, then it's it's every weekend you're looking at photos. Then it's yeah, every time you walk past CCTV. Then it's mm. can you see it from the front in a mirror? Yeah. You know, and then you start taking pictures of it. This is what I started doing. I started taking pictures of the back of my head. Yeah. And I'd be like, oh god, it's gotten really bad. And then I compare it to pictures I took six months ago. I was like, is it worse? Is it the same? Am I have I lost all the hair I'm gonna lose? Hmm. Am I losing more hair? So like that went on from time I was 22, 23. All the way up until I was 25, 26 when I got this done. Right. 26. I was 26. January this year, I got it done. Okay. And, and Derek, yeah, man, that's a really... Sorry, sorry, Jim, sorry. just quickly. That's a really important... You raised a, a point there, and it's one of my big bugbears. And I know that if I went to a clinic, they could just answer the question for me straight away. But it's one of those ones that's like, oh, fuck. But if I actually go to a clinic, then it's like... Even though you're not, but you, it feels like a, that's a big step. And even if you're not signing on the dotted line to get it done, even if you're just going to ask questions and stuff, it feels like the next step in what is an inevitable kind of um, finality there. But the, the point you made was, am I have I lost all the hair I'm going to lose? And mm. like that's the question that I have in my head, which is like, should I be wait? Should I like make, should I maybe stop using finasteride and regain? quote unquote lose all the hair I'm gonna lose so that then I can when I get my transplant you kind of get all your money's worth rather than because like I I say about my hair my hair some people go oh but your hair's fine I can't even like I wouldn't even think that you're like receding or anything I'm like listen very nice of you but I can tell but I do think like oh yeah but if I if I got my hair done now at the state it is right now like guys if you're watching on YouTube then you can see like you can see there where it comes in. Mm. But then I'm thinking, yeah, but maybe like this stuff in the next five to 10 years, that might all get lost. And then I want to go back again. Do you know what I mean? And I'm like, fuck. And I know that I could just take that step and ask a clinic. But whilst you're here, uh, I wondered if like you kind of had those questions. Yeah. And you know what? I, I think I thought about that kind of too late. Not in a bad way. Mm. Again, I just didn't, this wasn't a question that came across me. I was like, oh, if I get a hair transplant and then I lose the rest of my hair, that wasn't yeah. something that came to my mind until I sat down in the chair and started talking to somebody. So I'd rec yeah. like, I'd recommend to anyone who's thinking about it, ask the question. Ask your mates, ask people who've had it done, ask your family what they think, but go and ask someone who does it for a living. Like, go and talk to somebody who does hair transplants or talk to a your GP and get them to refer you because the questions you look up yeah. online, YouTube, Reddit, where I spent countless hours just don't answer the questions you yeah answer it. Um, yes I think the the answer to your question is if you get a new hairline put in and then you continue to yeah. lose the rest of your hair your hairline will stay there and you'll end up looking like Ronaldo in 2002 Korean <laughs> yeah, Japan exactly. you know what I mean <laughs> yeah. and that's again that's everyone's concern but now in fairness I got my hairline brought in and you can still see it there you can still see like I have the eggs there no, but you can yeah. see in the quality of the camera and the lighting. But I do have hair here. When uh -huh. I got it done, I was talking to a guy in work and he was like, God, you've got a hairline like Drake. It's so clean and crisp because they put in like 4,000 hairs. But then some of them don't take. Mm. Okay. You know what I mean? Every single mm. hair they put in does not take. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But okay. there's fallbacks yeah. to say if it's less than 60%, you can come in, rediscussion, all sorts of stuff. So you've backup options, but like, they tell you different reasons why you're going to lose your hair. They tell you why you might be losing your hair. They say, what's it like genetically in your family? I'm like, well, on my mother's side, my dad, my grandfather was very thin, but he, I only knew him in his 70s. So like, was that just an old man who lost mm. all his hair? Whereas on my dad's side, yeah. his dad had all his hair. My dad has all his hair. And then you have to ask a question, am I the milkman's? You know what I mean? <laughs> it, like, where's yeah. the genetic line come through here? Um, like that's also a running joke in my family that I am the milkman's because I look more like mm. the milkman with my fair hair and balding head than I do my own father. 
so like to, there's loads of different reasons why you can lose your hair so the only mm. person that's going to answer is a specialist or yeah, man. someone who can relate yeah. you know what I mean so go find out yeah. why you're losing it find out your options and um, like uh, uh, and do you know what I'm going to say to you Seb something that has been said to me mm. you look like you have a great head of hair but I know you don't feel that way yeah not like there's a very the, big difference you know, you know yeah, that is and it's a huge difference and I was saying to I've said this to Jim and I said this to a few other people who I'm really kind of open with about like my insecurity with my hair is like this is how I know it's a it's a big deal in my own head when I meet a new bloke be that or even just like I'm in a restaurant and you know like a, a mm. guy walks in goes to sit down at a table the first thing I notice about that bloke the first thing is his head of hair it's the first yep. thing I noticed. I couldn't tell you his eye colour. I couldn't tell you if he's tall or short. But I can tell you if I envy his hair or not. Do you know what I mean? Yep. And that's... And or slash... If I get... Like, obviously, I live in Madrid. It's hot a lot of the time. So if I get sweaty and then my hair obviously gets wet, it's the first thing I think of. I don't think of, I'm yep. sweating. It's not good look to sweat. It probably doesn't smell very nice. I don't think of any of that shit. I just think, fuck, I'm sweating. And I know for a fact that my hair will be getting thinner than what it already is anyway. So I have, yeah. I already have like a pre little shuffle. Like I do that and it kind of yeah. like, do you know I mean? It masks the thinness and all this shit. Yeah. And it's stuff like that where it's like, as many people can tell you, oh, your hair looks fine. I wouldn't have even noticed if you didn't say anything or whatever. It's like those things are the things that like, I would love to have enough security in my own hair not to notice a man's hair the first time I see them. Do you know what I mean? And I tell you now, I didn't get that feel. I didn't get that feeling that I don't notice a man. I know exactly that feeling. Every yeah. every man I walk past, I said, "Got it," and you, God, he's a great head of hair. Yeah. And then you see a fella who's not got who who looks like they're losing their hair, and you go, "Got it." I'd say he feels the same way I feel. Yeah. Or you yeah, might yeah. see someone who's balding gracefully, as I put it, which is this maybe this imaginary feeling that I thought mm. existed because a lot of people will suffer with insecurities, but. I'd look at him and I go, God, I envy the fact that he can bald gracefully. Mm. You know? Was yeah, then I got a hair transplant. That feeling didn't go away until about five weeks ago when I shaved my head. Really? I, ha I tell you now, I, just because you've brought it up, I haven't consciously noticed another man's head of hair. Wow. And so, Dara, can I ask, mm. when you say, I, I envy that man who has the ability to bald gracefully, that's not about how his yeah. hair looks. That's about how he, nope. how you believe how he's interpreting the hair loss or accepting the hair loss yeah yeah it's how, how i interpret he's interpreting his hair loss yeah so like it's how you carry yourself like i would spend so every single day from like mid secondary school i woke up in the morning and i washed my hair i dried it and i made sure that it looked perfect and i was happy with it before i left the house if i was if i had a 6 a.m flight i'd get up half an hour earlier just to wash or just to make sure my hair was okay this goes as far back as I can remember wow. I would if I was cut short I was running late I would be extra late because if I was out playing football my hair was sweaty like you said if you, you do the shuffle you think you're alright I would be extra late because I had to sort out my hair yeah man. you know that goes back to teenage years yeah. now I don't know if that's related to just general insecurities and how you look and you feel and I remember like when we were in school hair was a big thing there was mullets there was hair straighteners there was there was spikes there was all sorts so like V's both hair insecurity has always been there V's oh, I got my first V when I was 17 my <laughs> mum and dad wouldn't let me get when I was small I swear to god I went I finished school I went straight to the barber I got this I grown my hair I got a V it was disgusting it was so long <laughs> oh. Seb do you know what a V is? I was just going to ask, I was just going to ask, I think for the uh, English listeners uh, or international listeners, I think we might need a so description here. A V haircut is kind of like a mullet, but it's like tapered in at the back of your head. Yeah. Right. You know, so you know the way the mullet, they sh kind of shave up to the back yeah, of your head? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This goes all the way down yeah. the back of the head and the back of your head looks like a V shape. Don't know where it came from, but it happened and it hit hard. <laughs> really? Oh, it was like, everywhere in Dublin. I, the, I know the mullet's coming back in, you know. The yeah, mullet's the, back in. I've seen a good few people with mullets. And I'm not even going to... Like, I would never rock it, even if I had a great hairline. But, like, I used to think, oh, the mullet, that is, like, probably the one of the worst haircuts in the history. Nice. And I'm not going to lie. You see some people pull it off and you go, you know what? Like, it takes a certain type of person 
but it suits them and you go that is fucking I have to respect that Seb I'm going to hit you with a hard truth here again mullets now are very mullets of the 80s they're like permed thick yeah, yeah, yeah. full bodied yeah. business in the front party in the back mullets in Dublin in the noughties were gelled down like stuck to the head hair straightened out dip dyed red yeah. blue peroxide blonde uh, and of course you had those silly spikes at the back with the hair out front yeah yeah, yeah. that's what mullets were and that's what I wanted as a kid and <laughs> ever so grateful to my parents that it was a stark no yeah I was gonna say aren't you grateful now my, I always remember one of one of my like early memories there's um a child when it comes to hair is my dad he would always give me like the comb over before we'd go out mm-hmm. anywhere and oh my god he would like it felt like he was trying to press the brush into my actual cranium. <laughs> he would just do it so hard. And I'm like, fuck me. But he'd always, like, his one, like, one of the weird compliments I remember my dad giving me from when I was young was like, oh, you have such a nice cowlick. And I was like, what the fuck's a cow? And I used to genuinely fe- think that, like, a cow licked my head when I was a young child and, like, that's why my hair would, like, go in this quiff mm. thing. And he was like, oh... And he, but he used to love that. And it's one of those, like, my early hair memories was how my dad used to, like, love my cowlick. Um, weird thing. But, man, it's interesting as well because Jim... When I first told Jim about, like, um, having... or well, thinking about uh, potentially getting a hair transplant. Obviously, any listener to the podcast knows that Jim's all about holistic healing and, and whatnot. And the first comment out of Jim's mouth was like, oh, man, but don't you think, like it would kind of be better or maybe more worthwhile to kind of deal with that insecurity rather than like kind of, you know, go down the route yeah. of getting a hair transplant. And I completely understand where Jim's coming from. But what I find really interesting, and this isn't a slight on Jim, but it's just in general, I know a lot of girls my age, uh, friends of mine who have got boob jobs. And I think like all power to them. They obviously had like some sort of, insecurity they're too big they're too small they didn't like the shape whatever and they've gone and they've paid and they've got them fixed and now they're absolutely happy with them and that's great and they and that they know that they have to renew them every five years you know and all the rest of it and it but like now i know the boobs job back in the like 90s and stuff maybe was kind of seen a bit weird but nowadays it's really accepted Mm. and you've got girls now they get lip fillers and all of this jazz and it's very accepted no one kind of but yet with the hair transplant with guys it kind of feels like how boob jobs were seen like in the 90s or the early noughties where it was like kind of faux pas, kind of like, ah. Oh. And that's why I think when you were saying like, oh, should I tell my friends and stuff? Because it's like, it does feel almost shameful to be like, oh, I actually got a hair transplant. Yeah, you know? I get that. Um, it, I, th- I, I think obviously from people I know now and maybe up until even before, long before I got it done, I don't think there's as much stigma around it. Maybe it's just here. Maybe it's Dublin. Maybe mm. it's my age bracket. Maybe it's social the social circles I hang around in. I don't think there's that much of a stigma around it. Yeah. I think, and definitely not. Like, you look, like, one of, one of the best hair transplants I have ever seen, Steve Carell in The Office. Yeah, man. Like, Incredible. season one, he looked like he wasn't getting a contract for season two. You know what I mean? <laughs> Look at him now. The yeah, man yeah, yeah. is an absolute Adonis. <laughs> He's such yeah. a dilf. In the rest of those seasons, sweet Christ, Steve Carell being a daddy is a disgrace. Like to come from where he came from, forty-year-old virgin, to where he is now. Like you watch him in the in the that show, the the morning show. Yeah. How you doing? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Like good-looking man. <laughs> and right. do you know what it is? It's a head of hair. For, for Steve Carell to have hair. Matthew McConaughey. Matthew McConaughey. He's uh, had his hair. Have you read his book? People don't realise. I haven't read his book, but I have I know pretty much. Like, if yeah. it came up on pub quiz as a genre, like, <laughs> celebrity hair transplants, I would probably get 90% correct because I've gone through and I've seen the examples. Like, people don't... Like, David Beckham, he's had a hair transplant. I think he's had two or three. Realize. Yeah, and it's like... Do you know what I mean? And I feel, I feel like because they don't realise and they kind of feel like these guys have just had like this amazing mm-hmm. head of hair the whole time. But yet with someone like, you know, the normal folk, quote unquote, yeah. you go in one day in the office 
in your own office, not the set of the yeah, office. Yeah, yeah. And you haven't got a head of hair. And then the next day you walk in and you're already like you got prepared, like all prepared for your V cut. Yeah, uh, yeah. The next weekend, do you know what I mean? It's like, oh, what's happened here? And it kind of just feels like this weird thing. But right. it's a weird one because, like Jim said in the bar, but everyone, or not everyone, but most blokes have some thought at least. Yeah. Even if they've like, I would say Jim's hair. Like, if I got that out of my hair transplant, I'd fucking go back to the guy and pay him double. Yeah. That is a tip. But, like, I'm sure that even Jim has, like, maybe combed it one way or whatever yeah, and gone, yeah, yeah. oh, actually, no, let me comb it a different way. Yeah. But, like, Jim, yeah. I'm, yeah, exactly. on top like, of having a good head of hair, and I stress yeah, this. This is something I used to stress very saying. Jim's a good hairstyle. Yeah. I would scorn men because they'd have an unbelievable head of hair. They'd have growth at the front, at the back. They'd have a hairline and they'd have a shit haircut. And I turn yeah. around to like members. If I was in the car, I'd be like, "That's can I curse on this podcast?" Yeah, yeah, of course. That's a yeah. fucking disgrace. That's a waste. <laughs> that is a waste. What that's, a waste of talent. That's like putting the shower on before letting it heat up before you get in. That's a fucking yeah. waste. Yeah. Like I know, a, man. This, I know what you mean. I do. I know what you mean because I've I've thought it like so many times, and I feel like I feel like we all or most blokes think that stuff, but we don't actually like. Like the only times I've really had conversations about the hair, like I said, in within your friendship group, m- the majority of the time it's just taking the piss out of yourself before your friends can get in there. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Oh, like, oh man, I'm yeah, I left, I left my hairline. That. I left my hairline. Do you know what I mean? Back home before I came out here to the pub. Sorry, boys. So then you're like, right, it's out in the open. Yeah, We've yeah. all established my hairline's fucked. Right now, let's go. Do you know what I mean? But it's never like no one's ever really gone and gone. Man, do you guys? Do any of you lot like when? Like people walk into the pub, do, you, do any of you also notice their hair? Hmm. Or is that just, am I just like a weird guy? Hmm. Do you know what I mean? And it's like, I don't know, I just feel like it's um, it's a taboo subject, which is really silly, but just because how so many people yeah. kind of all feel the same about it. Yeah, I kind of, so just quickly to touch on a point you mentioned, yeah. I read or I listened to Matthew McConaughey's book last year when it came out. Right. Uh, brilliant book. He talks about his hair specifically as a point, like there's a chapter on it. He now I don't know how I feel about this because I'm still skeptical. He still mm-hmm. refuses a hair that he's had a hair transplant. Mm. Now he also plays it down to use this other product. Um, it's not regain. It's a, it's along those lines. It's one of them. Right. But basically, he says he was losing his hair. He was getting a bit of slack because he was entering Hollywood. So he went away, started using this, shaved his head for uh, that movie. Did Rain of Fire. Um, yeah. they were like we wanted someone with long hair like it's post apocalyptic and he was like I feel like my character would have a shaved head and all of a sudden he's a gorgeous hairline whether it's wizard juice that he rubbed in his scalp or he got a secret hair transplant and paid someone never to say it kudos to him mm. he dealt with it if he got a hair transplant and is too ashamed to talk about it I'm not mm. mad at him but I wish he felt comfortable enough to talk about it because yeah man as soon as I booked it in as soon as I told my mates as soon as I started talking about it when I got it done if I didn't talk about it, I'd feel a little uncomfortable uncomfortable about it now still. You know, like mm. that, the shame, is the, it's the secret. Mm. I feel like I'd still be carrying that, a different insecurity yeah. about it, you know? Would someone notice if I have a hair transplant? You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, best thing I did was talk about it. Um, and something you mentioned there was about your friends going to the pub, sitting there, is it a topic of conversation? Do you ask them about it? I'm, I'm kind of lucky in a sense that I'm comfortable enough to talk about my insecurities like I have no problem about it like I was losing my hair there was times when when it was a joke it might have gone a little too far and I might have got a bit of teasing like this is my closest mates I have like six seven lads that are the lads you know yeah they're my best mates so it was kind of like I have a problem with my hair loss and they'd be like ah will you stop or they'd turn like ah how's the panel spot today you get out to the pub and they'd be like let's see it I was like what hmm and they'd be like, let's see it. I was like, I'm not dipping my head sitting over a pint. We were, ta- we were talking about, like, what's the story with match, football, work week? And they'd be like, let's see yeah. the back of your head. And then I felt a bit silly. I was like, right, yeah. this is the circus act. Mm. So you dip your head. But at the same time, I don't fault them for it now. Because if it was anyone else, I wouldn't have done it. But because I felt comfortable enough to still dip my head because they were my best mates. It was like bullying. It was teasing. Yeah. It was stuff like this. But I remember when I told them I was getting a hair transplant. And I told them that it was a real problem. They all apologized to me, first of all. And I was like, I don't, I'm not, I don't need an apology because you're my mm. best friends. I understand. Like, and it's that real lad culture, the tease and the slagging and stuff like that. And yeah, yeah, for some course. people, it's going to be a serious problem. And I know that. 
but I was lucky that I was able to be secure enough to realize that it's not a, an attack on me personally. These are my best mates. When my mate got chubby, we poked at him and called him chubby, and he lost. He had a pandemic glow up, right? My mate Glenn. He went from like a six to a ten. He grew this beard that he never had as well. He's a he's a babe, absolute prick, absolute prick. <laughs> Shout out Glenn, the post pandemic glow up, you know. But like, <laughs> like I when I told him, and it was funny because I was kind of like, do I post this on social media? I met, I did right. I had a big post about it, and it was, it was it was soppy and it was cringy, but it was the right thing to do. I think for myself because I was like, I'm not gonna magically turn up to one in the pub one day to someone and them to be like. Hair's looking good there. What's going on? I was like, no, this is a stigma. Mm. There's something weird about losing your hair as a fella, so talk about it. So I put up a big post. Yeah, so man. I got apologies. I got it. You didn't need it. You look great. Fair play. But then I remember what was interesting, and it's something you might expect from this. I think you said <clears throat> that the, the secret listeners to this topic, I had lads mm. on Instagram mm. and social media who I haven't spoken to since school 10 years ago, who I didn't really, who I wasn't really close to. Mm write to me and ask me a million questions. I don't know how many lads wrote to me. Yeah, man. Just because I was willing to put it up and they are obviously crying out for someone to talk about it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And like, obviously Jim got yeah. the opportunity when he saw that I had it done. This is a great opportunity for put it on a proper platform rather than just an Instagram yeah. post with a couple of hundred followers. But like, yeah, I couldn't believe the, res the response I got. You know, I think the response yeah. socially to my hair transplant was better than the, probably the results of my hair transplant. Which is funny, <laughs> yeah. but it's so much better that way. Honestly, I really think it was a better result than I could have asked for. Dar, I have massive respect for you for, for being so open mm. about it and addressing the fact that there is a stigma and then you wanted to address mm. the stigma and address the elephant in the room. I do, I do want to just quickly yep. go back to this point that Seb was trying to bring about about self-esteem about you, you you mentioned before how you wanted to you wish you could bald gracefully like that guy like your interpretation of that guy mm. like he's fine with his hair can i ask was there any like was there something in you that goes right yeah I, I, i'm insecure about my hair but obviously I, I i've kind of two ways of dealing with this i have the external thing that the thing that's giving me the insecurity or i have the internal thing which is uh i, I I place certain value um, of myself on this particular mm -hmm. area in my head or I, I feel judged or I will be judged by this. Maybe I can address this mm -hmm. also. And I wonder, was there anything that helped you in that regard? Like, because I, also I don't want, I don't want to come across as someone who thinks like, oh yeah, like if you've uh, a quote unquote flaw that you should, you know, just mosey on through and just accept it. Yeah. Cause I know it's difficult. It's really difficult. Like I've insecurities that, that I'm, you know trying to get over with it and it's difficult like it's a daily process but i wondered was there anything that you did in tandem with the air transplant i didn't i think when i i think there was a point when i got to realizing how not how bad it was but how significant my hair loss was that i couldn't help but talk about it and be open and i took i took to making the jokes with a very serious conversation as well so like if i was making the joke about it i'd also turn around and be like yeah i can say it you can't say it because you're bullying me or like now this is again to my mates so like i think talking about it because i was very open about it with my girlfriend because it's a it's an identity thing as you said self-esteem thing to the person you're closest with in a relationship your partner you want to feel attractive yeah yeah man but yeah. i knew that bald spots aren't stereotypically attractive there's women out there attracted yeah. to bald men we know that bruce willis babe <laughs> you know what I mean Jason Statham babe yeah you know it's a thing but I know having a bald spot I said this a couple of weeks ago actually to a friend of her to a friend of Nicole's and I was like I'd walk down the stairs in front of her and I knew she could see it and I hated it I hated every second of it I'd walk I'd deliberately walk down the stairs behind her or if I was walking down my stairs I'd grab a hat before I did because you want to feel comfortable with it. you want to feel attracted to the person so while I was dealing with my hair loss before I got it done before I got the hair transplant while I was using Regain products oils you name it magic rub shampoos I was talking about it I was telling the people closest to me that I was struggling with it and that was probably what got me along so far because if I didn't say it to Nicole she'd be like what are you doing like why are you stopping halfway down the stairs and standing behind me 
why are you wearing a hat? We're going to a restaurant. But she knew that I was wearing a hat because I was uncomfortable. I'd go out for a game of golf with the lads. I wouldn't not wear a hat because I couldn't put sun cream halfway through my hair. And I'd turn around or I'd, I'd, again, the whole time, just tell the people around you that you're uncomfortable with it if it's a, if it's a thing. Like yeah. It doesn't have to be a joke. Yeah. And obviously, you don't want to be going out everywhere with someone and they're saying, oh, I can't do that because I'm insecure about something. But like, guarantee you, if you went out with a friend and they said um, this is the reason I'm behaving strange you'd be like okay cool whatever let's go yeah you know oh I'm gonna wear my t-shirt yeah, into a... the pool because I'm insecure about my body couldn't give a bollocks let's go swimming yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah man it's, it's, it's a big deal that, that that point that you made about like with your partner that's a big deal you know because I know and it sounds stupid because you know like obviously the reason you're with your partner is much more than purely physical attraction yeah but like I've like, and I've asked Louisa in like a kind of a jokey way. Louisa's my like long term girlfriend, mm-hmm. and I've asked her in like a jokey way, kind of to like not to make it like a serious kind of question, because I feel like the question is so silly. Would I you know love me if I'm bald? Be anyway. Yeah. Yeah. But you just do it in like you just ask it in like a silly way. Like, oh, would you love me if I'm bald? Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean like a? Oh, I'm just making a joke of it, but. The, and I know that she still would. Of course she would. Fuck yeah. me if she didn't. Then like I'd be like, I'm, I'm with the wrong girl yeah. here. But it's, it is that thing of like, kind of, you didn't sign up for this. No. Like when we got together when I was like, was 16, 17, yeah. I had a full head of hair. Do you know what I mean? Whatever. And like, you didn't sign up to the fact that pff, the ch- chances are, unless I get a, a, a hair transplant, I am going to be as bold as a cue yeah. And there is nothing I can do about that. And it's like, are you happy with that? Because that, like, I've had even thoughts of like, fuck, if we get married... I better do the transplant before we get married. So at least, like, even if the transplant goes to shit afterwards, at least in the pictures for that one day, you've, you've, do you know what I mean? You can look back on it and it hasn't ruined Louise's day because I'm up to the significant, like, I'm as attractive as she is on that day rather than she's like walking around looking beautiful with a fucking troll. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's these little things in it. And it is really a question, though. You find really. Kind of like you're asking them because you're asking yourself, like, Am I going to be comfortable bald? Yeah, man. Are you going to love me when I'm bald? But am I yeah. going to love me when I'm bald? You know? Yeah. I think... I, I think 100%. I, I think, God bless Stephen Donnelly. He doesn't have a good shaped head. That's a concern I had too. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. Like, there's, a, there's jokes about him having a headache. I was like, oh God, what shaped head? I thought I had a real square head. Like I'd get my hair cut yeah. maybe tight and I was like, oh my God, I've got like an Arnold Schwarzenegger shaped head. But I don't. I've quite a round head. I'm grand. I'm a bit of a lump at the back. But yeah. again, I, now I'm there, I don't care. You know what I mean? It's yeah, getting yeah, yeah. to the point of not caring about it was probably the hardest bit. So I've done, mm. like I said, I've done the products. I've done the hair transplant. And now I was a little dissatisfied with my results. But I also don't have great quality hair. That's a that's a significant point that I found out when I went. They tell you about the quality of your hair. They're like, you've quite fine hair. You've weak hair you're fair you're blonde so, this kind of thing they play factors into it you know what I mean like you're quite dark in colour okay. so if you were to get it done and, and you yeah. might have more coarse hair around the side of your head like even the hair on the side of my head is quite fair and light you know right. all these things play factors but it yeah. wasn't until I went through all these things and then shaved my head I, I went to the barbers and I said to this man that I've had a, a hair relationship with it, with for years like he's someone I was always open with because I was you're standing behind me you can see it I can hear my ball spot. Yeah. You know? Yeah. He was like Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like, Are you are you sure you want to shave it? I was like, Yeah, let's go. So it's mm. there's a self esteem thing, there's an attractive thing, it's it's your image, it's a big part of everything you think, until it's not. Yeah, man. Mm. Yeah. I was gonna I was gonna ask you about that because um like for for viewers who are, or listeners who are listening to this but on YouTube and they obviously can see you they're probably going man this guy spent five grand on a hair transplant and he's gone and shaved his yeah. head like kind of seems counterintuitive there but I wonder like do you you said that you were kind of a bit dissatisfied with your results but being in the place that you are now like mentally and physically like aesthetically are you happy that you went through the hair transplant uh, like ordeal or are you kind of like actually if I had known what I'd know now this that and the other in my particular circumstance with like you said the fair hair Mm. and the blonde hair and so and so forth I probably would have saved that five grand for my move to Canada for example best money I've ever spent honestly yeah 100% and 
if I went, if I had that's a magic, here. if I could go back in time. And Derek, can I ask? Yeah. The moment where you decided to shave your head was. Sorry, I lost you there. I'm back. You were going to ask me something, Jim. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry, Derek. Do you want to continue, and then then I can ask? Yeah, the I was just after. going to say, like, if I if I had to go back and ask myself if I do it again, I'd still do it again. You know, I, now I don't know if I will do it yeah. again because there's follow-up procedures and there's yeah. second hair transplants. I, there's an actor I can never remember his name, but I think he's had twelve, twelve hair transplants. Now, obviously, he's financially secure wow. enough to do that. You know, but that's a big deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah man, that's yeah, sixty yeah. bags in hair. Yeah, th- now that's sixty bags. Now, it wasn't always that. Like I, I spoke to my managing director and work about losing. It. He's thinning on top. Now he's in his early sixties. But he said, I remember going to talk about a hair transplant. It was 15 grand in Dublin. You know, the price obviously is coming down, so it's it's more accessible. I know people who went five years ago and it was between eight and 12 grand, you know? Okay. So, like, money is a big factor in it. And I know, like, I've talked yeah, to lads yeah. now, and I'm like, look, I'm not going to tell you it's easy. I'm not going to tell you it's cheap. It's 5,000 euro. I don't know what your situation is. But for me, five grand's a lot of money. I think for a lot of lads our age, five grand's a lot of money. You know, I don't yeah, think man. there's a lot of people that five grand isn't a lot of money to. You know. No. No. So yeah. Uh, and Derek, can I ask that moment when you decided to shave your head after getting the hair transplant? Was that kind of a recognition or like a new level of self-esteem for yourself, where you where new confidence in your own self, where you said, "Yeah, I've got the hair transplant. I do feel better about myself." And because of that, because I've touched that or I've felt that new security within myself, I can shave the head. Um, I was nervous as fuck because I made the decision the night before, like kind of midday the day before. I was in work. It was a Friday. And I was like, I think I'm going to shave my head tomorrow. I'm booked into the barbers. I book into my barbers like every third Saturday anyway, you know what I mean? And I was just like... I think I'm going to shave my head tomorrow. I kind of said it to myself and I said it out loud and I said it to Nicole and then I said it to my sisters I said it to my mom and dad. I said it to a few lads in work. And they were like, really? And I was like, yeah. And I was like, they're like, why? You got a hair transplant. I was like, that's not. They're two completely different things. Me shaving my head has nothing to do with the fact that I've had a hair transplant. I had a hair transplant because I was losing my head. I'm shaving my head now because I don't want to worry about my hair anymore. So they're two very different things. I... Like, and I went down to my, and as I said, I went down to my barbers and I said to my barbers, today's the day. Because I'd made jokes and I'd asked them a thousand times, like you said, your barber or your mate that works in a salon, every lad goes in and asks the question. I went in and I was like, right Al, shout out to Al, my barber. I don't know if I'm going to be going back because I started shaving my head. So it's been a beautiful ride. Um, I might pop, might pop back for a little trim up someday. Um, but like, I've been going to Al for maybe five years you know what I mean <laughs> devastating end to a relationship um, but like I went in and I was like right today's the day and he goes are you sure and I was like yeah now he knows I've talked about it on and off he knows I'd had the hair transplant he was I went back to him he was like how do I cut this now that you've had a hair transplant and I was like let's do it slow and let's do it together brother you know so like <laughs> he held my hand and we cut my hair no but he so he went in he goes right we'll go long we'll go like a five and I was like eh I kind of want to go short and he goes, let's do the five. So he was looking after me the whole time. So he gave me the sh- he gave me the five and he gave me the fade. And I was like, this looks terrible. Let's go tighter. And he gave me the three. And I was like, mm. and he goes, do you want a one all over? And I was like, yeah. And he kind of went, then you should have said, let's go for a one all over. And he shaves my head. I was like, now we're talking. Now I look how I want to look. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I walked it. Did he charge you for three haircuts? No, in fairness, he didn't. He only cha- In fairness, a razor is cheaper than a standard haircut, so I actually paid less than I used to pay. Um, but it's pretty funny because I went... Uh. It was like this, just this moment, like it was a relief. It was like... He's just shaved off this mountain of anxiety, this mountain of insecurity. No, I, I looked at the mirror and I was like, God, I'm not sure about this. I'm bald. I look weird I look like a thump but then like that went away and the first thing I did was I went out to my car I put on my sunglasses I put on music and I took a picture I took a selfie I sent it to my family my girlfriend and my mates I didn't say a single thing I just went bang I couldn't wait to show people (laughs) I was just like 
and mm. everyone was obviously so sound my mates there was one 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 message I think came in and was like oh so you did it fair play because no one gave a fuck other than me <laughs> right my girlfriend obviously was yeah. like oh my god you look amazing mm. I went I think I went straight over to her house and she was nothing and she was more. like Darren get over here yeah she was like god <laughs> damn <laughs> <laughs> no she was like she was she was so like just so sweet about it you know she was like i love it she didn't even yeah. she didn't falter she didn't waver she might not have liked it the first time she saw it she might have been like Ugh, but she didn't even let on obviously she was being supportive i went home mm. and everyone was like you look great god you're lucky you're handsome god you're lucky you're tall as well because you carry it so mm. well and they were like we can mm. see it you see it in your shoulders you just look better you look healthy. You look happier. Mm. And I couldn't... Like, I did. I felt it. I felt so much better. And it could be the fact that my hairline's a little bit better than it was. Maybe if I had to shave my head when I did, I wouldn't yeah. have liked it as much. I don't know. I'll never know. Because I did it the way I did it. Mm. So I wouldn't change anything I've done regarding the hair transplant. And that yeah. moment of getting it done was so nerve-wracking. Because I think my barber was happy that I thought about it. You know, I could have mm. shaved myself here in my room and hated it. But yeah, I did it. I think I did it the right way. I made the decision yeah, the day before. I told people about it. I talked to them about it. I got their feedback. I had other people ask me, am I sure? You know, nearly to say, if I can convince you that I'm sure, I'll convince myself, I'm sure. So I went. Yeah. I said to my barber, he was happy. Yeah. We did it the right way. I'll probably never look back. Yeah. I, I've got like a, a kind of like a parallel story. I remember at uni one morning, I woke up. And like my hair was just fucking all over the gaff, and I was like, Jesus! And I literally, I didn't, I like, I didn't have, had. Mine was a bit different to yours. It wasn't premeditated or anything. But that morning, I just woke up and I saw my hair, and you could see like where it's thinning and where, like, because obviously I hadn't. You just woke up and I just like literally sat up and I just saw myself in the mirror. And I was like, nah, we're getting rid. And I went straight to the barbers and I just went one all over. And it was so funny because he did it. And then he was like, you look like Brad Pitt. And I was like, yeah, fucking trust me. I know I don't look like Brad Pitt, bruv. Like, you don't have to tell me lies. You can say it looks all right, but there's nothing in this world that will make me look like Brad Pitt. Um, but do you know what? Do you know what it was? And like, I didn't mind it. And like you said, I'm, I'm, I'm quite lucky. I've got a nice little round head. So the head shape was all good and stuff. But what started to peeve me, two things. One's very specific to me is that I have two, like, I don't have moles anywhere on my body, but where mm. I do have moles are on my head. So then when you cut the hair, like here and here, so when you do a one all over, then you can see those moles. And then the second thing was, I was like, man, but man, it wasn't if I just want, like, I mm. want, like, the style that Jim has, for example. But, like, I just know that the longer I grow my hair, the worse it looks. So I always have to have a short back and sides. Because if it starts to get any longer than that, it just yeah. looks terrible basically and it just like that's when the thought of a hair transplant started to really kind of lay root because like i should be able if i want to fucking have jim's haircut or if i want to like get a v or if i want to have a mullet like i should be able to make those decisions rather than like have my haircut dictated mm. to me because of the hair that i have if you know what i mean um, and that's where I started to think about having a hair um, transplant. And I wanted to, before we let you go, I wanted to ask, because there'll be people who listen to this and they've probably gone through all the steps that we've spoken about, but they're probably their last big hang up on whether to really go for it or to kind of stick with the status oh, quo yeah. is the actual procedure. And no yeah. more philosophical kind of let's talk about how we felt and stuff, but the actual going in, what happens, how did like like physically? How does it feel when they're doing the business and they're taking it out mm -hmm. with the FUE and all that gubbins? How does it feel the next day? Because I've seen pictures where like yeah. blokes' faces are just bloated and they look like they've been stung by a thousand wasps. Then you've got the scabs and all that. Like how? Like just talk uh, me through that process. So the process on the day. So the day of it is, you know what you're going in for. I woke up, I had a little bit of breakfast, nervous, heart yeah. in your mouth, went in, you meet them. Now, I went to a clinic in Dublin here. They were amazing. <clears throat> they were so sound. I was on WhatsApp to a guy the whole time before that, leading up, talking to him, asking him loads of questions, and I had him on WhatsApp then for like six months afterwards. Um, but I went in, I met him, I met the team, they bring you in, they're like, hey, getting on, let's draw your hairline on. So the first thing you went in, you 
they give you like a cup of tea and they come in with a marker, two people, and they draw a hairline on. They're like, we don't want it to be too unrealistic. I was like, right. And they were like, we're not yeah. going to bring your hairline down into your forehead. They were like, we just want to round off what you have. I was like, that makes perfect sense. Mm. And then, But actually, like I said this earlier, I wasn't so insecure about my hairline, more so the back. But they were like, right, we're going to do like 4,500 hairs. Yeah. 4,500 hairs. And I was like, yeah, primary at the back mm-hmm. of the crown. And they were like, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So we're going to do 1,500 here, 1,500 here, these are like in the eggs, and then 1,000 at the crown. I was like, but my mm-hmm. my hairline's bad? I was like, but it's the back of my head. And they were like, no, no, this would be like an all-over coverage. But I kind of settled into that really, really quickly. So they draw it on. And I was like, look, I just really want to stress that I really want to focus on the back. And they were like, okay, Grant, look, we'll adjust the numbers as a grant. No, but they, they were just telling me that. They were sticking to the plan. I don't know, but they were very open to listening to the fact of how I wanted to look. So they were like, they drew it on. They were like, are you happy? And I was like, yeah, I don't really know. Otherwise, it looks good. Drew the hairline on. And then you go in, you get gowned up. And they ask, I think they tell you the night before, they were like, you can come in and we cut your hair. We can shave just the sides where we're taking it from. Or we can shave your whole head. You can shave your whole head. Just don't go shorter than a two. It's a grand. So I went in without cutting my hair. And I sat down there like, right, what are we doing? Are we shaving just where we're taking it from? Or are we going to shave your whole head? I went, take it all off. So they shaved, gave me like a one all over. Or two all over. And I was like, I remember I was in the room with like five women. And they were like, you actually look good. And I was like, I look great. <laughs> and they were like, now is your last opportunity to stop us. And I went, let me think about this. And I took a selfie and I sent it to like, I sent it to my family and I sent it to my girlfriend. And I was like, just wow. so you know, this is how I look. And everyone was like, oh my God, you look unreal or whatever. I was like, no, look, I'm here. I'm going through it. Let's go. So you lay back in the chair and the single worst part of the entire procedure happens right then because they pump you with anesthetic and it's like 40 needles into your head and it burns like a motherfucker. I'm not going to sweet, sweeten this up at all. It's the only bad bit. It burns. I don't know what it is. I've had a lot of anesthetic before. It didn't hurt. But when they did it into my scalp, it just hurt. Right? Now, it doesn't hurt for long. It's like three, four seconds Mm -hmm. per injection. But it's like, ah, ah, okay. But it's nothing like you you wouldn't get through. That's the only discomfort. Then your yeah. head is okay. so numb. They give right. you like two Valium. And you are just away with the fairies for the day. Now you're in your senses. But you were sitting there. I didn't have music. <laughs> I didn't have earphones. I didn't watch anything. I stared at the ceiling tail for like seven and a half hours. Like just out of it. <laughs> <laughs> and... No, like I said, I was with it the whole time. I was having a bit of conversation with them, and I I didn't feel anything, but I felt it. If that's it, that's it's so weird, right? So obviously, what they do first is they extract the hairs, so you can't feel the actual cutting, but you can kind of hear it. And it's like, do you ever mm-hmm. have like a numbness or like pins and needles, and you kind of touch it? You can't feel it, but you know it, the yeah, sensations yeah. there, so you can f- sense yeah, that when it's yeah. happening. So that takes a while. That's four and a half thousand individual hand cuts out of your head yeah wow. yeah you're so out of it that you don't give a bollocks but at the same time you're very aware of it <laughs> <laughs> so then what they do is they kind of put them on these like wet tissues and then they put them in, like a refrigeration unit and then they're like okay do you want to take a break you're like yeah so they give you like a biscuit and like a cup of tea and you're like okay yeah grand and then like just obviously don't touch anything so you kind of sit up and you kind of stretch out and then they're like right we're going to do the the holes where we're going to put the new hairs. I was like, okay. I wasn't really sure what the procedure was. So I sat down. They kind of, I think they flipped me over and they did the crown first. So what they do is they literally like Swiss cheese. They cut out these little one millimeter holes. They just take skin out of like bare space in the back of your head where there's no hair. Cut them out and you feel it. Like again, same sensation. You can hear it. It's like a little prick, little burst. It's weird. But you don't care. It's not that. It's not that invasive. But again, they do that four and a half thousand times, so it's slow. And they do it by hands. Like there's five of them in the room. There's two of them working at a time. Then they take a break because they're all stiff, you know. And then they go again. Then they flip you over and they do the front. And then they give you another little break. And I think I went out. They covered me up and they went out and mm-hmm. I made a video call to Nicole. Off my nut. Took a lot of other selfies. And then I went back in and they were like, right, we're going to do the implantation. So then they just start putting these little hairs in the holes. And again, for like a couple more hours. Mm-hmm. 
and I went on. I was in. I went in there early. I can't remember if it was like eight a.m., nine a.m. But I didn't. I got picked up. I literally. They finished. They wrapped up my head. They sat me up. I walked down the stairs and I went into the car. Like the finishing procedure is pretty quick. They're like, right, you're done. You can go home. So they wrapped up my head, and I went outside. And my sister picked me up and she brought me home. And I remember I went home and I was like, oh god, I I can't move. I was just real stiff. So you get a bit of a stiff neck. But the drugs kind of wear off and you're kind of much more with it and stuff like that. But then when it's healing for like 10 to 14 days, you have to sleep kind of upright. No head in the pillow. So I had like rolled up towels and pillows behind me. I kind of packed myself up. I slept in a chair one night. I didn't sleep a whole lot for the first couple of nights because you're so paranoid. But like the worst part is kind of like, that was a couple nights sleep. So I took five days. Off. I took two days off work and then rang my boss. And I was like, I need more time. I'm not able to come in. I haven't slept. So I took five days off work. I got it done on a f- Friday or a Monday. I took the week off work. And then after like two weeks, you kind of just, I was sleeping on like nappy pads and like covering my hair and disinfectant, sleeping on nappy pads. And then you kind of just become a little bit more comfortable and you kind of ease back into it and you do end up sleeping. You can see it's healing process, you know, it's like a normal wound. But they give you this list of instructions, how to wash your hair, when to wash your hair, what products to use, pour warm water over your head. Like there's a bit of work in it, you know, you have a bit of work to do with it too. Um, mm. But like I said, the I'm glad I did it. And it's worth a couple of bad night's sleeps. Mm. It's worth the weird discomfort of knowing what they're doing to your head. And it's worth the money because if it works, it's the, I've seen it. I know two people and both one of them got it done here one of them got it over in Turkey and I know that's probably a question I want to ask whether I'd consider Turkey yeah I did I just felt a little bit more comfortable going somewhere close to home so I could go back and give out to someone if it didn't work but like both of theirs worked out unbelievably and I know how happy they are with it I'm not like I said I'm a little dissatisfied with the results but I'm not dissatisfied with the situation I'm in now you know so like yeah, it's yeah. a little uncomfortable there's a little bit of work you have to do yourself post up but that's the worst bit of it is probably the start when they do the anesthetic injection yeah I see because I I think I was kind of more worried about like that there's like two weeks or whatever I like just pure paranoia of like oh fuck like I can't let anything touch my head because otherwise I'm just gonna like mess up this five I don't know if you can see so I just done do my bedroom I mean? in my house is in the attic right that's the ceiling I'm 6 foot 3 the, the room in here is mm. 5 foot 10 so I can't stand up straight in my own bedroom at all I haven't been able to since I was like 17 right? I'm surprised <laughs> I don't have a hump but like trying to yeah. move around my room was a fucking nightmare and I remember like on day 4 I smacked my head off the roof right in the middle of my crown and it was the closest I've ever come as a sober adult to shit in my pants and I ran I screamed and I ran through my house. I was wearing... <laughs> so, you can't pull a t-shirt over your head. So, make sure you have loads of shirts to, like, button-up pajamas. So, I bought this pair of, like, boy-in-the-stripe pajamas, blue button-up pajamas, oh, right? And I was wearing them for a couple of nights. And I remember I ran through the house in these pajamas, screaming, Ah! Ah! And I ran to my sister, who's, like, the natural-born carer in my family. And I was like, I hit my head, I hit my head, I hit my head. She was like, it's fine. It's fine. And I was like, you have to look at it. And she goes, okay, take a deep breath. So I kind of calmed down. She looked at me, no, no, it's fine. And I was like, but I haven't felt my head in four days. I can feel it now. And she was like, it's fine. Nothing's gone. She was like, I thought like yeah. I'd scuffed it and like I was going to have like a streak mark in the middle of my hair transplant. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like, do you know when like you slide tackle someone on a bit of grass and you have that like just ripped up? I thought I was going to have that. I was like, great, yeah. I'm going to have to go back. I'm going to have scar tissue with no hair in one part. But nah, like yeah. day four, I bumped my head off the ceiling. Not a bother. So, and so, man, so that, that that was a really useful tip you gave there about the shirts. So, are there any other like kind of real practical um, little tips, like whether it's for the sleeping or the shirts, like you just said, where someone who's going through this maybe hasn't thought yeah. of that the aftermath kind of thing, where you go, listen, do this, do yeah, this. Yeah, so do obviously, this, do this. You, you can't pull that over your head and you won't want it either. I think I was like, I think I wore shirts and button-ups for like 30 mm. days. Like a good month. And zippies. I wore zippies with no t-shirt. Zippy hoodies, perfect example. That and uh, shirts, stuff like that. Uh, for sleep, I was told sleep in a chair, but like that's so fucking difficult. 
Um, loads of pillows behind your lower back. Keep yourself upright and rolled up mm. towels. Keep your head off the pillow. Um, like I said, nappy pads. And I bought Assassin's Creed Valhalla the day I got it. And it was the best thing I did because I didn't sleep a whole lot. I didn't leave my bedroom and I played like, a, God, no, a 200 hours of Assassin's Creed Valhalla to keep me occupied. Okay. Do you know what? That sounds like a, like, and when you originally said that, that might sound like a kind of trivial little joke there, but that actually, I can imagine that being a great tip. Like that was something that I definitely wouldn't have thought of before doing that but now will definitely be on the list of things to buy and and get prepared before i uh if i do actually finally take the plunge because like i thought two days off work and i'd be back in work no way like you can't get rained on you can't okay so it was weird another thing important thing is they say you're not supposed to sweat get sweaty in your head obviously for like two months so i had just like during lockdown i'd taken up running and i know I think, Jim, you talked about it in one of your early podcasts about taking up running and doing distance running and stuff like that. I'd be very interested outside of this to find out how you got on with that because I started the same thing during lockdown, got real into it, and then I got a hair transplant and I was told I couldn't run. So I sat in my bed for like two weeks. And then I couldn't play football. I joined a football team and there was training intermittently throughout that period with lockdown lifts-ups and stuff like that. But like... I couldn't run all this sort of stuff and I was like I can't sweat but then I remember I got to like two months and I was texting that guy my uh, consultant and I was like can I run and he was like meh it's not a great idea and I was like why I was like are the hairs just gonna pop out of my head and he goes no it's just cleanliness he was like you've new pores you've new skin developed in your head like I was like can I go for a light jog and he kind of knew I was fighting him on it and he was like yeah go it did nothing I got sweaty I went home I showered I was delicate but like if they say wait two months wait two months you know yeah. Um, but yeah, find a way to keep yourself entertained while you're healing up. Um, mm-hmm. And big things, obviously, support system. If you know you're going to be on your own, it's going to be a little bit difficult. If you live on your own or you're going to be away, if you go to Turkey, bring a pal. Because yeah, I know yeah. a guy that went to Turkey and he brought a pal because he was there for four days. My girlfriend's little brother went and got it done. He went mm-hmm. to Turkey on his own. I don't know how he got on. I don't know how he managed because it's not easy to to clean yourself. Like I, was, I had my sister using a, a Pyrex jug or a gravy boat pour warm water off my head for the first like week wow I couldn't do I, I just couldn't coordinate my body Man, to do your my sister head. pulled in a huge oh shift. my like honestly I think the biggest part about hair transplants losing your hair or honestly any insecurity that I've faced is a support system and I couldn't speak highly enough about mine yeah my sister was like a living nurse mm. my my mates mm. were just they were fun to tease me and they were apologetic and supportive when I got it done they were commending me on the fact that I was willing to get it done people wrote to me on Instagram my girlfriend's mates were like oh my god that was so nice you look great blah blah like support system 101 find yourself good people surround yourself with good people and you can do anything you want perfect and Nicole's obviously a pillar shout out to Nicole Nicole is a pillar, yeah. She was she was a great advocate for going to get it done because she knows how much my hair loss bothered me. So she was like, mm. she was a bit more rooted. She was like, does your hair loss bother you? And I was like, yeah. And she goes, why don't you get a hair transplant? And I was like, all right. <laughs> and my mom as well, right? So kind of like one of the big reasons I got it done was my mom got sick in November 2019. She had a stroke and it kind of, she was a big advocate for me to then turn around and say, if you have an opportunity to do something like this, do it. Don't wait until life passes you by or you can't do it. Or like she was, she almost bullied me into doing it. She was like, if you don't have a mm. fucking appointment booked by Friday, I'm going to kill you. I was like, right. Okay. So okay. I, ran, I remember I rang and I booked one. Like first person I told her, I was like, ma'am, right. I booked it. She was like, good. That's all I wanted. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So like, having the right people around is a big thing so as you said Seb if you do go through it or you don't it's your decision yeah I'm obviously I'll follow you on Instagram um, James is my number pass on if you still have questions after this anytime um, and I don't know like anyone listening find me on Instagram send me a message I don't care who you are what your question is if it's related to a hair transplant or not I'll try and reply perfect man Perfect. Well, we'll definitely put all your That's details amazing. in the show notes for anyone who's listening. And maybe we've we forgot to ask a question that you guys had kind of pressing. Um, but man, for me, you've answered all my questions. Jim, I don't know if you had anything else that you wanted to. Uh... 
Uh, I just thought we'd end it how we usually end it, man. Yeah, man. Uh, we, we haven't done this in a while. Yeah, true. Dara, I mean, you mentioned running. You me- you mentioned a strong support system, but we usually ask our guests, how do they look after their mental health? How do I look? You know, day to day. Yeah. Uh, Is there anything that you haven't covered on? I don't know. I, I, th- I think my big, I think I, my last point there was surround yourself with good people. Um, yeah. Running obviously is good for clearing the head. Exercise, I think that's like yeah. w- mental health one on one. Everyone tries it, whether it's for them mm-hmm. or it's not. Everyone should try it. If it works, it works. But yeah, support system. There's someone out there willing to listen to you about anything. You know, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, support system, hundred percent. I try, like I've done journaling, I've done and, exercise, and I, all that sort of stuff. It's the people you surround yourself okay. with that'll make anything the easiest. Fantastic. I, I, and I hear. Uh, Papa Pot is a is a king in the kitchen. Oh, Jim, you haven't lived. <laughs> Absolute dynamite. He's like um, oh, he's like our very own Nigella Lawson. Is that is that your woman's name? Yeah, that's her name. The Mikroave. <laughs> tell Mick I'm due an invitation soon. He asks me about you all the time. Does he? That's not even a joke, and he asks about your dad all the time. And same with my dad. My dad's always asking about you and your dad. That's hilarious, man. No, definitely. I'd, I'd love an opportunity to cross paths with the two years with my dad. Like, it'd be, it'd yeah. be stellar. Well, we'll have to try to get that organised. Definitely, definitely. Well, thanks so much, man. And I just want to say, I'm very, real happy for you, man. Like, Because uh, I, I, I can't imagine, like, I mean, you expressed how difficult it was, but obviously you only know when you experience it. But I'm so happy that you, that you feel a bit lighter, more confident and... I am gorgeous, James. And I only realised it when I shaved my head after I got a hair transplant. I had to do it. You have to take these steps to realise how damn good looking you are. I'm blessed. I'm so gorgeous. I'm going to sound like your man, but I always thought you were handsome. I always said that to Nicole. It's like, how is a handsome individual? You better keep him. Hold on to him. Uh, Listen... We did. I hope you've told Seb how you came back into my life that day, that random day out in Dunleary. I never told Seb the story, actually. That's the story you and Seb have to share. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll fill him in. I'll fill him in. <laughs> but I, feel, I look forward to it. I look forward to it. Brilliant. Thanks a million. Um, yeah, thanks a million, Dara. Really, no really, really, really appreciate it. Appreciate, appreciate it, obviously, the, having me on. It's, it means a lot to me, and it's a good chance for me to tell my story. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, man, of course. Absolutely. Thank you. Hi guys, thank you for listening to the podcast. Please don't forget to subscribe and leave a five-star review if you haven't already. Every review helps us climb the podcast charts so that even more of you can listen to our amazing guests. We really appreciate the support. Remember to tune in next week, but until then, keep safe and have a good one.